James Harriet's Treasury for Children, Only One Wolf. One nice thing about being a country vet is that there are so many interesting things to see when I visit the farms. One sunny spring day, I visited Mr. Wilkins' farm, and I laughed as I watched the two sheepdog puppies playing together in the farmyard. Those two really love each other, don't they? I said. Mr. Wilkin nodded. Ah, they are great friends. They are never apart. And this is the same farm that he visited earlier in the book about Moses, I believe. Or at least it looks the same. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. I'm not sure. Yes, it looks exactly the same. Mr. Wilkin was a busy man with many cows, pigs, and sheep to look after. But he still had time for his favorite hobby, breeding and training sheepdogs. For many years, he had won silver cups all over the country. From the latest litter, he had picked the two best pups, Jip and Sweep, and he was going to train them to run in the sheepdog trials. We have a picture of uh, Mr. Wilkins and the two dogs herding sheep and also herding cows. I see one and I see two. Yep. One, two. Which one's um, Jip and which one's... I, I don't know which one's Jip or Sweep. They look pretty similar. Even there's a dog. I don't know what the other one is. Yeah, I don't see the other one there either. The two little animals were rolling about in a happy wrestling match, growling and panting. I don't think either, sorry, I don't think either one of those were Jip or Sweep because they're still puppies and those were full-grown dogs. So he, he has a bunch of other sheep dogs, so those are one of those. Growling and panting, chewing gently at each other's legs. Then, suddenly, they stopped playing as something else caught their attention. Look at that, I cried in amazement. They're behaving like grown-up dogs. The pups were beginning to round up a group of tiny ducklings, much to the annoyance of the mother duck, with noses outstretched and stomachs nearly flat on the cobbles of the farmyard, they crept up on the duck ducklings. It's a cute picture. Yes, the farmer replied. They are only twelve weeks old, but their mother and father, and their grandmothers and grandfathers, and away back as long as I can remember, were all sheepdogs. So these little things were born wanting to round up chickens, ducks, lambs, anything they see. The two doggy friends were different in appearance. Sweep was black and white, while Jip was black, white, and brown. But the thing you noticed most was that one of Jip's ears stuck up, while the other lay flat against his head. This gave him a funny lopsided look. In fact, he looked a bit of a clown, but he was a friendly, tail-wagging clown. There's one odd thing about Jip, Mr. Wilkins said. He's never barked at all. I looked at him in surprise. You mean never, ever? That's right, not a single bark. The other dogs make a noise when strangers come to the farm, but I've never heard Jip make a sound since he was born. I shook my head. How very strange. I've never heard of such a thing. I got into my car, as I, and as I drove away, I noticed that while Sweep and two other farm dogs barked their farewells loudly, Jip merely, merely wagged his tail and looked at me in a friendly manner. 
his pink tongue lolling out of his open mouth. A silent dog. Some months later, just before Christmas, George Crossley, one of Mr. Wilkins' oldest friends and a very keen shepherd sheep dog trainer, came to ask if he could buy a dog as his own old dog had died. Mr. Wilkins sold Sweep to him. I was a bit surprised about this because I knew that Sweep was further forward in his training than Jip and looked like turning into a real champion. But it was Jip he kept because it was because perhaps it was because he just liked him. He was a funny dog with that lopsided charm that was difficult to resist. Jip must have been sad to lose his brother and best friend, and there was no doubt that he missed him. But there were other dogs on the farm, and even if they didn't make up for Sweep, he was never really lonely. Although Jip grew up big and strong, he wasn't quite clever enough to compete in the trials, so he just helped Mr. Wilkin by herding the sheep and cattle on the farm. He was very happy to be out with his master all day, but perhaps he wondered where his doggy friend had gone. It wasn't until the following June that I next visited the farm to see a sick cow, and I saw Jip, now fully grown, rocking, rocking along on a hay cart. I spotted him again at harvest time, chasing rats among the stooks. He was always glad to see me, full of fun, bright-eyed and affectionate, but soundless. There was a very long spell when none of Mr. Wilkins' animals needed my help, and I did not see him or Jip until I met them both at a sheepdog trial the following summer. The huge field where the trial was being held was on the river's edge, and the sunshine glinted on the water. The cars were drawn up along the side of the field, and groups of men, mainly competitors, stood around chatting as they watched the dogs working the sheep. They were all dressed they were dressed in all sorts of clothing, cloth caps, trilbies, deer stalkers, or sometimes no hat at all, tweed jackets, best suits, open necked shirts, fancy ties, and sometimes neither collar nor tie. Nearly all of them leaned on long crooks with the handles carved from ram horns. Their dogs, waiting their turn, were tied to the fence, and it was wonderful to see the long row of waving tails and friendly expressions. Few of the dogs knew each other, but there was not a single growl, never mind a fight. I went over to Mr. Wilkin, who was leaning against his car, which was parked within sight of the final pin. Jip was tied to the bumper and was watching with interest as each dog took its turn. Mrs. Wilkin was sitting on a camp stool by his side. Are you running a dog today, Mr. Wilkin? I asked. No, not this time. I've just come to watch, he replied. I had been there for about ten minutes when suddenly the farmer lifted a pointed finger. Look who's there! George Crossley with Sweep were making their way to the starting post. Jip suddenly stiffened and sat up very straight, one ear cocked, the other flat, making him look more lopsided than ever. It was over a year since he had seen his brother, and it seemed unlikely, I thought, that he would remember him. But he was obviously very interested, and, 
As the judge waved his white handkerchief to begin the trial and the three sheep were released from the far corner of the field, Jip slowly rose to his feet. A gesture from Mr. Crossley sent Sweep racing around the edge of the field in a wide, joyous gallop, and as he neared the sheep, a whistle from Mr. Crossley made him drop onto his stomach. From then on, it was easy to see that Sweep was going to be a champion as he darted and crouched at his master's commands. Short whistles, long whistles, Sweep understood them all. No other dog all day had brought his sheep through the three pairs of gate as easily as Sweep did now. And as he neared the final pin, it was obvious he was going to win unless the sheep scattered at the last moment. George Crossley opened the gate wide and held out his crook. I could hardly hear his commands to Sweep, but his quiet words brought the dog wiggling inch by inch over the grass towards the sheep. Were they going to go bounding away and spoil everything? I held my breath. But no. After hesitating and looking around a few times, the sheep turned and entered the pen, and Mr. Crossley banged the gate behind them. As he did so, he turned to Sweep with a happy cry of, Good lad! And the dog answered with a quick wag of his tail. At that, Jip, who had been standing very still, watching every move intently, raised his head and gave a single loud bark which echoed around the field. Woof! went Jip, and we all stared at him in astonishment. Did you hear that? gasped Mrs. Wilkin. Well, I don't believe it, her husband burst out, looking open mouthed at his dog. Jip didn't seem to realize that he had done anything unusual. George Crossley came over with Sweep, and the two dogs greeted each other happily. Mr. Wilkin let Jip off his lead, and within seconds the two dogs were rolling around, chewing playfully at each other, as they used to do as pups. I suppose the Wilkins, as well as myself, had the feeling that this event might encourage Jip to bark like any other dog, but it was not to be. Six years later, as I was at the farm and went to the house to get some hot water, as Miss Wilkins handed me the bucket, she looked down at Jip, who was basking in the sunshine outside the kitchen door. There you are, you funny fellow, she said to the dog. I laughed. Has he ever barked since that day? Mrs. Wilkins shook her head. No, he hasn't. Not a sound. I waited a long time, but I don't think he'll ever bark. Ah, well, it's not important. But I'll never forget that afternoon at the trial, I said. Nor will I. Mrs. Wilkin looked at Jip again, and she smiled as she remembered. Poor old lad, eight years old, and only one wolf. 